0: Thanks for tuning in to Facilitating the Mission. You're in for a treat in today's podcast. This is part two of our interview with Jonathan and Elizabeth Trotter. The Trotters are missionaries in Cambodia, but they are a blessing to a worldwide audience through their blogs and books. In part two of this podcast, we take a deep dive into the content of their book, Serving Well, Help for the Wannabe, Newbie, or Weary Cross-Cultural Christian Worker. One of my favorite articles, John, you wrote, back in um, a couple years ago it's a couple years now almost but uh, it's about abuse oh starts off someone alleges abuse yeah that is that is the hands down the best I've I've read you definitely have a teaching gift the way you 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 organize your writing and I'm gonna I'll probably share this this one particular article along with a handful of links that I'm finding here it looks like you like you're archived on relevant and oh, yeah. Got some links to Christianity today. So anyway, it's just really cool to see the overflow of your of your counseling ministry. Mm. Not a lot of guys have the ability to, and it's you know obviously God's given you the perfect bride, yeah, <laughs> for your ministry. But not a lot of people that are in your role are able to relate that in the written word. So yeah,
1: um, well, I, I I appreciate the encouragement there, and I I think it's so almost funny to me because so much of that uh, for me comes out of this thing that my dad wanted me to do when I was a teenager, which was looking to law school. <laughs> like, I don't want to do law school. I don't know. what. I... And, and when I look back now, law school is so much writing. <laughs> it's just so much writing. And I, I... That God and has you to write
2: be. Then you write in.
1: Oh, I write in sections now, just like you do on just the bar awesome. exam, with headlines. Um, so I just think that that's so funny that God has His ways, and we we just kind of try to do the next thing, um, basically. And Elizabeth and I have really grown together in our writing, uh, which is something people are often surprised at because editing uh, editing a editing a spouse's writing is it's a a fraught endeavor. But it's,
0: it's a suicide it, mission. It's a suicide <laughs> mission. It can be.
1: Risk- it can be. Yes. it, it can be. But I, I would say <laughs> yeah. that those things that I publish, they always go through um, the editing eye of Elizabeth that is just very different. It's very, very different from mine. And the, the strength, the, the cleaning up of my writing and the, the focusing of my writing, uh, just like every writer at the beginning of their book thinks their editor, uh, anything that I've written that, that has sounded you know, like intelligent is <laughs> a lot of that is, is thanks to Elizabeth and and uh, her writing is very different than mine. Um, and uh, it reaches people in such a different way. And I love it too. Well,
3: you know, and and one of the things that I, I really appreciate about you too, Jonathan, is you somewhat to be, you seem to be somewhat uh, of a pictorial thinker too. Like one of the things that I've found helpful and passed on to other people is the little videos. You did some videos for a while and the one on fact-based versus lie-based pain and the, and the shapes diagram and all that. So, you know, you're able to cross that bridge from, you know, words into, you know, pictures that help bring across the the concepts you're trying to help
1: people grasp. It's, well, you know, and again, it's just so ironic to me because almost all of those actually were developed during a counseling session (laughs) Um, where I'm, I'm sitting with somebody and I'm trying to figure out how do I, Communicate. How do we connect on this concept? Right, right. I have yeah. this concept in my head. Other people have written about this. You know, I haven't come up with a lot of new stuff, um, but how do I communicate it to this client who really needs to, to hear this and see this? And so the shapes diagram that that thing you just mentioned, or the fact based lie based even the even the abuse graph, um, uh, the three spheres yeah, of offense, three spheres of offense. I mean that all of those. Yeah, without exception, all of those actually were drafted in a session with a client. And I just think for me that the power of the, whatever the writing, whatever power the writing has is because it was developed in ministry, sitting with somebody face to face. I mean, the, you know, the writing may have happened in a coffee shop or something, but the germ of the idea uh, has most often happened um, sitting face to face with somebody in, in their pain and, or sitting with myself in my own pain. Um, so yeah, that's, again, I think the grace of God that he takes those things and, and uses them.
0: I have a question for you, um, kind of a ministry training question before we hear about the story behind the book that you wrote. How much of the, the communication that you do was developed during your season of youth ministry?
1: Uh, let's see, um, communication. You mean like the, the way that I write?
0: Well, being able to, being able to take heavy concepts and, and boiling them down into a word picture, for example.
1: I, I do often reference those years of working in youth ministry because um, I like to keep things as simple as possible. Um, and I, I'll joke around with clients all the time and say, hey, I like, you know, I, I have one graphic I use all the time that I call boxes. It's got one box in the middle. That's what I don't know. One box on the outside, what I do know. You know and I always joke with clients like, this is not rocket science. I was a youth pastor for a lot of years. <laughs> I just like to keep things simple. So yeah, I think there's an enormous component of when you when you're trying to communicate. Uh, I don't I don't know who was it Elizabeth? maybe you remember? Somebody said if you can't communicate this to a child, you don't understand it yet. It was
2: a scientist. Was it
1: a scientist who said that? That we should be able to communicate anything to a child. I mean, that's true for the gospel, of course, as well. It's so that nobody except for the elite can understand and we don't understand what we're talking about yet
0: <laughs> well there's a there's a couple of Bible teachers that have been mentors in my life over the years uh, one would be Gail Irwin who's very popular within the Calvary Chapel movement that says something similar and then Jay Vernon McGee would always say that in his as he worked through the Bible I don't know if you're familiar with his radio ministries. he's long he's long been dead but he would always say, Friends, you got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's, that's true for all of us, isn't it? Because I, when I, when I am in the middle of pain, uh, I'm not operating at a college level. I I need something that is simple, and that's what that's what happens in the counseling room, and and that's what happens in the ER as well, in the trauma room. You're not going to be explaining some complicated science about diabetes. You're really going to need to boil it down um, when you're in the ER. Uh, And I think, you know, that I I don't live frantically like I'm in the trauma room, but I think a lot of those ideas do percolate.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think this, what we've just been talking about is a good segue into the book. And I think one of the things that makes your book, you know, a, a great read for people is that it's, it's clear that it's birthed out of like real life experience and, you know, like, like what you were talking about earlier in, from your counseling sessions, you develop these things sort of in the moment. And then you've got all of a sudden it's like God gave you something that can really pass on truth in a simplified way. So what, what moved you guys to say, Hey, all these blogs that we've been writing and all this stuff um, that seems to resonate with quite a few people. What, what moved you to say, Hey, maybe we should put this into a book about serving well.
2: <laughs> well, First of all, it was a self-published book called A41. Yeah. And uh, the reason – Jonathan put that together, like three years on or something. That was only um, maybe
1: 50% of what's in the book now.
2: Um, and he put it together just because he, when he was sitting with people, he would be, always be referencing something that he'd written. So he'd have to send them a link to something to read. And he kind of wanted them all – in one place. And so he just compiled the stuff that both of us had written that, that, you know, he referenced a lot, and we got that, like just self published. Mm. And then he was, he was working with um, a couple, and he gave them some, uh, a copy of the book, so they could like read through things. And then I guess I wasn't yeah. there, so Jonathan yeah. can finish telling this Well, story. I mean, the,
1: the other part of the story is uh, I have found that with some of my clients, they come back to me and, and the best part about their counseling experience was me with me was that I exposed them to Elizabeth's writings. <laughs> I, had, I, had one, I had one client, because I reference her stuff all the time too and was sending links to, to her articles. I had one client who was from out of town and uh, I met with her for a counseling intensive. And on the last uh, Friday of the intensive, um, she was going to be leaving. And, and uh, I mentioned that I was going out uh, with Elizabeth and she said, can I can I just stop by and thank her <laughs> like, at the restaurant you're going to? And it was just one of those moments where it was very, very real that that, um, yeah, she she had met with me for a bunch of hours uh, some of the articles that and the chapters that Elizabeth had written have impacted her so much. So that that pushed me to put this book called A Forty One together, uh, which this uh, another friend read, and then he said, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about publishing something for real that's actually edited and that's actually you know looks good?" <laughs> and, and I said, oh, "I don't have time for that. I've got a lot going on, and I don't want to do that." And he said, "Well, my um, my brother and I own a." Publishing company. So if you submit a request, we'll I'll make sure that it goes through because the community. He, he's a leader at a, one of the uh, local NGO here, um, and he said uh, people need this material. So you do it. I'll make sure that my brother, you know, approves it, and we get the ball rolling. And uh, I told Elizabeth, I was like, Oh my goodness, that's that's kind of hard to say no to. Um, so uh, that I mean, that's kind of how serving well then came about, and. Um, yeah, that's the short version. There's more to it. Well,
0: whose whose idea was the full title? Serving well, help for the wannabe newbie or weary cross cultural Christian worker.
2: Well, that's a fun story because I did the subtitle and Jonathan did the main title. Oh yeah, I yeah, forget. yeah.
0: And
3: the uh, the main the main chapters the the main headings in the book you know the whole the way you've got it broken down into preparing well, moving well, grieving well all that was that was that sort of a combined uh, effort there to to, to sort of couch everything under those headings
1: yeah well I mean what we did is uh, we printed off we made a list of every chapter that we would want included in this book because it, it, this is not everything that we've written it's probably I mean, at this point is probably 70 75 percent and so we uh, were back in the states on a home assignment and uh, we had everything printed out, just in rough form from from the websites. Every chapter printed out um, and laid it out on a big like big bed, and just started trying to group them into sections and figure out. And then then we realized, oh wait, this is actually a timeline of a cross cultural worker's life experience, <laughs> um, preparing, moving, you know, grieving, all that all that list. So um, that kind of came out very naturally i think yeah um yeah yeah, looking at the the sections that we had and then putting names to them um and i think it was a little bit uh uh on the nose because i work at a place called living well um here in cambodia the counseling center is called living well so serving well then just led to the chapters of um, you know taking care of your heart well your marriage well working well with others that that type of thing we just I don't know. Found something and stuck with it. Well, I love these. Yeah. Really I love
0: these chapter names: a sorrow sandwich, oh, grief yeah. on yeah. a spindle. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Really good
1: stuff. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. it's interesting because when we put them all together, it was about fifty-fifty that Jonathan had written and I had written, but the, the distribution was like mm. way different. So there are sections where he writes almost everything in that section and then sections where I've written almost everything in that section. Yeah. So it's just like, we're very, we're very different, but then we <laughs> combine, mm. we combine well. Yeah.
3: So really it was, it was sort of a, a compilation of much of what you've already written and then just sort of shaped and molded into a book form, adding what you needed to, to kind of keep it cohesive and yes. stuff. Right? Yeah, that's
1: right. And yeah, um, and I, at first I was a little self-conscious about that because I was like, well, who would want a book that, I mean, all this stuff is, is online. And, uh, but then I was like, well, I don't, I don't care. I think this could help someone. Um, and I use it with my own clients and that's enough for me. Um, and again, we know that it's not, we didn't write this. We didn't put it together thinking that somebody would pick it up and read it from cover to cover. It's just not that kind of book. It was written over eight years time. And it's from both of us. And so we write in our own voices. We did not try to have some medium mashup. That would be really weird. And both of us would object to the, yeah. to the hilt. Um, and so we thought, well, let's just play to the strength and say, could this be a resource that somebody could say, Hey, this is a, a time of life I'm in, or this is where I'm at in my cross-cultural journey, and then pick it up and just read that section and find something that they need. Cause You know, once you write something two years ago on on the internet, that, I mean, that's like, that's a long, long time ago. That's history, baby. (laughs) The likelihood (laughs) of somebody finding it, um, is just so low. Uh, so we, we did this, we did this for you, (laughs) what we, what we think. Um, and, uh, you know, we spent a lot of hours sitting in coffee shops together, uh, um, going over everything again, re-editing, re-reviewing. I would look for errors in her stuff. She would look for errors in my stuff, fresh eyes. And I mean, it was, it was a real big pain. It was a
2: lot of work. It was a lot lot of work.
1: Um, And we're just so thrilled (laughs) that uh, it maybe is fitting a need, you know, for some folks and, and giving some people some resources where they can in one space, they can say, okay, what about grief? What about third culture kids? And, you know, we we reference a lot of outside material and all of these um, all of these things, and the bibliographies is there because these chapters were written as blog posts that had outgoing links to lots of other resources um, that are now footnotes. Um, and so, if somebody picks up the section on third culture kids, they're going to get a lot of material, but they're also going to get um, references to books like Third Culture Kid, Misunderstood, you know, um, other things that are. Very, very, uh, I don't know, more just more
2: experienced, yeah, more experienced.
0: What did the uh, writing process do for your relationship as you guys did this together?
1: Oh man,
2: well, <laughs> it was the hardest okay, year so of our were, life. Yeah, I, I think. would say there's two <laughs> answers to that question, and one is that um, several years ago we did not get along on writing, oh man, um, and this was a big crisis in our marriage, and we, I'm well, it was maybe I went, six years ago. Yeah. Several years ago. And so that was a process of me kind of rediscovering my identity, who I am and that Jesus really loves me for me. Um, and since then it's been pretty easy to work together um, and that, that with story the writing is told and in, editing.
1: That story is told in one of the chapters, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Jesus loves me. This I sometimes know. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> that has resonated with a lot of women. So the the details are different, but there are a lot of women out there who just feel like, you know, their husbands overshadow them. Like, you know, they have all these gifts and they just don't think they have good enough gifts um, to measure up. And the details are different, but like the feeling is the same. Like I continue to hear from women who, who have experienced. So working together since, you know, since that time has been a real pleasure. And I would say we are lucky to have each other to edit our work because we get someone to look at it before, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's safe before we send it out into the world. Uh, even though, you know, initially that was very stressful, mm-hmm. um, trying to work together, but yeah, when we started, um, editing for this book, it, looking back, it feels like there was a lot of, I don't want to use this word lightly because I, I know it can be, but it felt like spiritual warfare
1: like all hell Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah
2: like my anxiety was super bad and it interfered with our relationship and it and it really got bad about the time we were starting starting the book I had some health problems and so it just it kind of felt suspect so Mm. yeah it was it was hard yeah
1: (laughs) I mean the 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 actual co-working on the book I don't think it's very stressful for us um, like going through it again and putting it together that that wasn't so stressful. But looking back on it now, I, the, the, the year because it basically was a year project for us of putting this book together. Um, that year was one of the most difficult years that we've experienced um, in our relationship and on the field. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, that's also our seven year seven, eight year mark on the field. But um, I, it was very hard. Um, I think that is, that is, you know, that's been passed for a while now, but, uh, you have to say it, I think Mm -hmm. God is gracious and, and, and brought us both to, uh, outside resources and, and, um, mentors and things to help, but yeah, not, not not an easy time.
3: Elizabeth, when you referenced that sort of tension or conflict, you know, six, six or seven years ago, and it was somewhat wrapped up in your identity, you know, issues that you were dealing with, with identity, what. Can you can you unfold that a little bit more for us as far as what when what what was it maybe about the writing that brought that to the surface? Trying to get together, doing writing together.
2: Um, it was because Jonathan's writings were so popular. At least in my mind, the way I interpreted everything was everything he writes goes viral. Um, you know, and I was—I mean, this is probably an overreaction. Um, but it was, that was my emotional state and it seemed like everybody loved him and he had all these gifts, um, It not just in writing, you know, but all the, this ability to, to speak publicly and, um, you know, he could, he led worship for years. He, he could basically do everything. And I felt like I can only do one thing, which was writing. I only have one gift. And. <laughs> But he has that gift too, and he just takes it away from me, and I don't get to be special. Uh, and we we fought about that probably a couple years. Um, we went round and round about, and I mean, a lot of marriages, you know, we have issues that we fight about, and then it gets put on the back burner, and then it comes up later. So you're not really solving it. Um, time, you just stop fighting <laughs> about it, um, and then like. I had uh, a few different breakthrough moments and one came at church during a prayer time and it kind of opened up my eyes to, okay, I think this is not just about like the surface details of, of writing and who, and all this. I think it is related to my relationship with God and um, it, what is he a good God? Like if he gave me just, small gifts and he gave my husband big gifts. Like, why is that? And so that wasn't the answer. I just kind of knew like everything shifted, like, Oh, this is really the question. This isn't my anger always seemed so directed at my husband, but I realized, well, I, I should really direct it at God. Um, that's who my big beef is with. Right. And, And then I just continued praying about that for a couple more months and not really finding any um, relief from my turmoil. And then I saw a a counselor at um, the well in Chiang Mai. So we were there on a family retreat and I went and saw, and I was just not, I was really stuck. Um, I was just kind of mentally blocked. And she had me do some art um, to try to get me out of just, everything was in my head. Um, and wasn't making any progress. And so we did um, some kind of art therapy type stuff. And that was, it was during that prayer that I realized that the question I really am like asking is, well, God, do you love me? And, and that he was asking me to just believe that, that he loves me um, the same as everyone else. And I don't know, that was just like this an experience on a different level and it changed me in a way that just thinking about it um, and trying to be, you know think the right things um, and believe that God loved me mentally it, it didn't do it. it ha- had this experience there with the counselor and um, that that was the big big turning point for me
3: Thanks for uh, thank yeah thanks for opening that up for us. Very, very good. Hmm. And so the count, the counselors, the counselor and his wife went to Chiang Mai to see counselors, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean pastoral counseling, professional counseling, that's been a big part of our I mean not a big part, but that's been pivotal mm-hmm. for both of us. Um and I I uh yeah, it just has been. And I, I think it, it can be for other people too. So <laughs> we're we're big fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: In the in the next few minutes or so, share with us the the takeaways you want people to have from this book. I mean, I love that you said that this was a great resource. That it, you know, it's not meant to be set to sit down and read, you know, linear, 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 you know, in a straight line. (laughs) It's easy for you to say. (laughs) Um, You mentioned the bibliography that. Uh, you know, is also a great resource of resources, but what are the, you know, who is, who's, who's the audience? How do you want this audience to be changed?
2: Yeah. For me, I, I want the book to be a friend. Like when I think about who I'm writing to in the book or online, like i just think about like the person i'm sitting across from like and sharing life together because the stuff i write about is the stuff i talk about you know in a coffee shop with a with a friend it's the stuff i talk about with other other moms at co-op you know in at on lunch break it's it's the things that are most important to us and the things that we're all like longing and needing to talk about so i just i think of the book as I hope it's someone's friend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, you know, this cross-cultural living and cross-cultural ministry is not, it is not easy. And um, I mean, living, (laughs) living is often not easy. Uh, And, and I, I mean, I'm faced with that day in and day out in the counseling room. And my hope for this book is that, that people could pick it up and know that they're not alone um and know that yes there are certain aspects of this calling that will be challenging they will be really hard and and yeah there's not there's not a way around that this book's not going to help make it not hard um but i want people to know that it can be good it can be good and relationships can thrive and uh um friendships can thrive and relationships with your children can they can be good um not, not nothing's perfect nobody's perfect but um uh i do hope that people could sense uh, some hope um and some help uh in in these pages uh so many of these pages for both of us uh, have come out of deep places of of pain and woundedness and and the uh, Ongoing healing, um, not just you know dripping wounds, but ongoing healing. That because God is faithful and uh, He has been faithful, He will be faithful. Um, whether you are in your passport country or uh, somewhere else, um, and so I, I hope that that comes through, that there that you're not alone, um, and that it, there can be light and laughter and and I don't know the sunrise to be a little bit poetic but it's just so many people that i meet uh really struggle to remember that it that it, it can be okay and it can even be good that you can do what god's asking you to do and 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 still be okay
0: <laughs> i think it's so important to start out you know you start off by saying life is hard and i think that it's so important for a christian book to to send that message because so many Christian books are are out there saying, if life is hard, you're doing it wrong. Uh,
2: And, (laughs) and, and,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so to, so to, so to say that, you know, life is hard, but there's tons of hope and tons of fulfillment anyway is, is something that just, that needs to be a bottom shelf topic, you know, Mm -hmm. within Christian culture for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, one quote that just resonated with me so much, uh, um, is, uh, is Dante. Uh, when he talks about going into the, you know, the seven layers, the pit of hell, Elizabeth's laughing, because I, I just love this quote so much. He's been led down through the, the, the deepest parts of hell, uh, and is coming back up. And, you know, honestly, that that's a lot of people's experience, uh, in life in general and through mm-hmm. aging, and in cross cultural work, they feel like they've been exposed or they're just seeing the depths of hell. Um, you know, I saw a lot of stuff when I worked in a trauma room. And then you move here and stuff is just in your face a lot more. And I know a lot of people who live and work cross culturally, they're just exposed to a lot more um, in your face hard stuff. And uh, one of the last lines, I think it is the last line of the book, um, he says, And thence we came forth to re behold the stars. And I, I, I think that's it. That's what I want. I want people to, to know that there can come a time where they can re-behold, they can see again something they've known was there, they've, they've seen it before, uh, but then they lost sight of it for a while in the depths of the darkness, um, but then they can re-behold uh, the stars. And when somebody does that, that's so powerful. And uh, it impacts uh, life, friendships, marriage, parenting, everything. Uh, to remember that the the stars are there. Um so that's just that's just been a very uh, it's still I mean as I say it, it it's my hope and dream for my life, for my kids, for for anyone who's listening that, you know, may we every day, may we re-behold the stars.
3: Great stuff, man. Really good. So uh and and so have you gotten some some good feedback and traction since the book's been published i mean, are you is it uh is it
1: encouraging what you're hearing about it uh, it is yeah, it is um you know we we knew that this type of book is not going to make a bestseller list. it's just not that kind of book, and that's not why we wrote it. We wrote it to just sort of be there, something people can access when they need to and you know we've heard back from a handful of folks, uh, more than a handful who have said, Hey, this is, this is helpful. This is really encouraging. Elizabeth, uh, Yeah. You?
2: And I sometimes will have friends or acquaintances, you know, screenshot whatever they're yeah. reading and say like, this is what, you know, what I needed to hear now. And I'll look at it and I'll think, Oh yeah. Like I've, I've gone through that since then. Like I <laughs> yeah. still relate to those things. These issues like come up over and over again for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, including, we, we get to rebehold the stars you That's know, right. regularly you know yeah
1: we, it has been encouraging. Um, but again I, I, I really I really think that ministry in it uh, sorry, I want it to be birthed out of local happenings what God is doing somebody right in front of me. And so um, I've often told people you could take away our blog, you could delete a life overseas and that would be sad but I'm still going to get up on Monday and I'm going to go sit with somebody and I'm going to listen and I'm going to try to convey the love of Christ. Um, And I I would want our hearers to know that as well. Um, Hopefully they would feel that in the book, but even if they don't have the book, even if they never get the book, they can wake up tomorrow or walk out the front door and say, you know, the lamb is worthy. He was worthy when we decided to do this. (laughs) Um, And uh, he will be, he will be worthy, and if we decide we need to go back to our passport country, the Lamb is still worthy, um, and uh, and that's okay. <laughs> it's very much okay.
0: Well, good stuff. Any final thoughts, Jeff? No, I mean this is uh, this
3: is where it's at, and it, I, I love the whole you know the the term well. Uh, your book serving well. Our our sort of theme, you know, as a ministry because we're sort of a hybrid missions agency. Um, we facilitate churches that send people direct. Um and so, uh, so that's sort of the the ta- our, our tagline is, you know, facilitating churches to send well. And I, I publish uh, like about every quarter. I send to all of the key people in our home churches of the missionaries we serve. I do a thing called the Sending Well Wire. And so I like the uh, you know your concept of serving well oh. and how you've broken the chapters down is is sort of like reinforced that idea of us as a ministry helping churches send well and then maybe some some further thought on how to break that down based on a lot of the stuff that i've learned over the years because i was sent to the field direct from my home church
1: okay sure yeah and our agency functions in similar ways and uh uh, where the agency facilitates and trains and, and equips and stuff but really relies on the local church um to provide a lot of oversight and spiritual direction and one of the most encouraging things i heard was a friend of mine who said hey the missions pastor at our church uh, or the head of the missions committee um got your book for everybody on the committee because they want to learn about what it's like and uh i would just sort of put that plug in too that um we've heard from several people who've never left uh their passport country who have said that this book helped them to see what their missionaries uh, felt and would go through or have gone through and was really uh powerful in in sort of bridging an empathy gap where sometimes it's hard to it's it's hard to to feel what i've never felt i it's hard to see or smell what i've never (laughs) experienced um so yeah if that could be helpful there you go
0: yeah we'll definitely leave that plug in there and with a link to where people can pick it up on amazon and and um i see you get some great reviews on there so kudos to you guys
3: yeah. And, and not knowing the publishing world, is it better for you guys, for people to get the book through the publisher or through Amazon, or does it make a big of a difference for you guys?
1: I think it makes a little bit of a difference, but I think it's okay. I think it's, it's easiest for the consumer <laughs> to just buy uh, the easiest source, which is probably Amazon. So uh, I would say don't worry about it. Um, it is worth noting though, that our publisher uh, does offer a pretty steep discount if, if an organization or a church is purchasing five or more, I think the discount is 40% off of the cover price.
2: I can't remember. So,
0: and what's the publisher's
2: name?
1: Uh, Whip and Stock. Um, so, someone, you guys can contact me, um, uh, trottersforone uh, at gmail.com, if you're interested in that discount, or just contact the publisher directly and ask for the the, um, the bulk discount for organizations or churches. Uh, And that's been really useful for some folks because, again, it is only five copies or more, uh, and it's a 40% uh, discount.
0: Thanks for listening to Facilitating the Mission. We consider it a privilege to have you spend time with us. If you found today's podcast helpful, please leave a review on the podcast platform where you heard us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Search at CHEP staff on any of these platforms. That's
2: S-H-E-P-S-S-T-A-F-F.